Welcome back to Thirsty, the podcast. All summer long, we're taking a look back at the dates of dark days past with the benefit of hindsight, growth, and a lot of embarrassing moments. We were even more ridiculous than I remembered. That's for sure. Today, we're bringing back Left Turn Larry, a man I dated who started off so innocently, but quickly took a hard left into indecent proposal territory. Originally published March 21st, 2022, we're talking about turning dates into friends, men with ulterior motives, and setting boundaries. Stay tuned to listen to this cautionary dark days tale, then stick around after the episode for a brand new discussion. This is Second Chance Summer from Thirsty the Podcast. Have you ever started talking to a new match and really hit it off? Maybe you traded music playlists and had deep conversations. Maybe you texted all day long for weeks at a time. Then maybe things took a hard left turn and you felt tricked. This is Thirsty the Podcast, Left Turn Larry. This is Heather. This is a story about a match that went way, way hard left. If you live in a city, we have this term called hard left hard right, soft left, soft right. And I remember when I moved here from Cowtown, Texas, and I first heard that term, I was like, what are you talking about? And it's because when you live in a city, a lot of times there are these six-way intersections and it's really busy and it's a little bit stressful. A lot of times turning left or right. And there's a turn that's like a negative 30 degree turn that you have to just do a (laughs) hairpin left or hairpin right. Those are called hard turns. They're quick, they're fast, and you got to zip all the way around. Soft left or soft right is, as you might imagine, a little easier to make. So I had a match that was a way hard left turn. It was went to a place that I really didn't expect and I actually didn't like, but it gave me some whiplash because I didn't expect it at all. I was really surprised. I was like, who is this person? I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I matched with the, I matched with Larry during my hot girl summer, which I've talked about this a little bit before. Um, I started dating differently that ended up this summer. I actually ended up going on a whole lot of dates, um, which is, (laughs) I, I don't know how that happened. I just happened to meet a number of men who I thought were really cool, interesting, fun. We went out, I was trying to slow down dating and somehow I sped up. I think that's also the fun of summer in the Chicago and when you're dating, like it's nice out, everyone's out. It's fun to go do stuff. Um, it's very different than I feel like wintertime dating, which feels a little sad. Summertime was the perfect time for all of your shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, Laura is so right about that in Chicago summer. You can do patio dining. You can go have a drink. People are out and about. They're so happy. They're so happy. We're not covered in snow. You know, so it's kind of funny as soon as the snow starts to melt, you know, which hopefully happens before June every year, people start creeping out of their houses. They're wearing their cutest clothes. They're just so thrilled to be outside. And then during the winter, you just don't go anywhere. Like seriously, I maybe leave to go get groceries, get some gas once in a while, go have dinner with friends, but summer or winter are like two totally different places when you live in Chicago. So to reiterate, I had a hot girl summer tons of dates, met lots of men. I don't know how that happened. It just did. So as I've also mentioned before, my super ideal in terms of a date is a dad of young kids because my kids are young, you know, because I've started to learn like dads of older kids, it can be trickier because they're not back there where I am. They're not back in like Dora the Explorer days or, you know, some of the things you go through with young kids. Um, It's just different. And so I've kind of learned my super, super ideal is another dad. Well, my super ideal is a dad um, who has young kids, just like me, lives close, is super physically active because I'm pretty active and has been divorced or at least been in love before. Larry happened to be all of those things, all of those things. It was crazy. He only lived like two miles. Well, he still only lives like two miles away from me, which is very rare for me and always a treat. He was really attractive too. Like physically, he was super cute. He was super smart. Um, and he only lived a couple miles away. I mean, it was all, all signs were great. Um, it was, I was actually really excited about it. However, we matched twice. 
something else we've talked about is a lot of times you do a second time around with some of these dates. The first time it doesn't work out or you just don't end up really talking or connecting. And then sometimes you'll match with them later on and things will go somewhere. That's happened quite a few times actually with me. So we had met first, um, but then it was kind of funny. Early in the summer, I'd matched with him. I was really excited about him. It was hard for me to find matches where I felt like there's actually potential for it to be something real. Lots of guys where it's fun to hang out with and fun to talk to them. But Larry was all these things I was actually looking for. I was like, oh, this could be a real thing. The first time we had matched, we had planned to go on a bike ride, but then he didn't follow up. So I unmatched him. We talked for a few days and I was like, you're out of here. I remember that because I kept on wondering, like, what happened with the bike ride guy? Did you go on the bike ride? What happened to him? And I was like anticipating that date, I guess, because it did seem like you guys would connect well. And I was kind of bummed when it didn't happen. Yeah, that I was real sad because I was actually really excited to meet him. And I remember I followed up the day before I was like, hey, are we going <laughs> to are we going to go on that bike ride tomorrow? <laughs> Nothing. I was like, fine, get out of here. And I just unmatched him. So a couple months later. Second time around when we matched again, uh, you know, I was willing to give it a second chance and we did make jokes about it. We did make jokes. He was like, oh yeah, I was non-communicative about the bike ride. I was like, yeah, that's what happened for. He was like, oh, but funnily, you know, we had a little laugh about it, but then almost immediately my hopes were dashed. My hopes were dashed right away because Larry said, I don't know why I'm on here. I don't have time to actually date right now. No. Yeah. He said that immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out why he was on there. (laughs) So he said, I don't know why I'm on here. I don't have time to actually date right now. And I was like, okay, that's legit. Um, We also quickly learned it's the other death knell. Our parenting schedules are exactly opposite. We're both on the same type of schedule, but exactly flipped. So there was never, ever going to be a night or a day when both of us didn't have kids, which that's just not, that that's just the end right there. I remember this too. And I think in my head, I'm like, well, just see if you like him. And if you do, anything can be adjusted if it's, you know, worthwhile. Although in the other back of my head, I'm like, oh, this is terrible because really, what is the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all like to think that, but I mean, really, like, are we only going to go on lunch dates during the week? Like, is that what's going to happen? That, that just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, right off the bat, we're like, well, this is not happening for multiple reasons. But in true Heather fashion, I threw out that we could be friends and I gave him my number because that's just, I don't know. All of your friends. I don't know what's wrong with me. Collecting I always the friends off the apps. I know. I know. All my friends are old dates at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but I do. Um, so anyway, I gave him my number. He actually reached out. He actually reached out and we just started texting all the time. Like I, it was just kind of funny. We talked a lot about music. We liked concerts we'd been to. We connected over our divorces. We were at about the same point in both of our divorces at that point. We also were both super active, love biking. So we had a ton to talk about there. We actually had a lot in common. Um, it was really fun. He sent me videos of him playing music. We sent each other playlists. We made each other playlists on Spotify and sent them to each other. That's serious. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like mixtapes. Um, and we even had Nick, we gave each other nicknames. We called each other pal because we both thought the other was really attractive. So we like, we're being funny. We're like, Hey pal, how are you doing today? It's supposed to be a joke. There were so many jokes. Um, and this went on for several weeks. Like we talked all day, every day and late into the night. Um, and which of course, but I noticed, but I was also like for multiple reasons, this cannot go anywhere. Schedules mm-hmm. are terrible. He's told me he's not able to date or whatever, you know, whatever his reason was, he's not dating right now. Um, yeah. So it's just not happening, but whatever we were talking a lot. One night, Larry proposed that we meet for lunch. He was like, we live so close to each other, you know, and then in his work, I asked him, I was like, but you said you don't have time to date. And he said, well, we're texting a lot. So maybe we should meet. (laughs) Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Like, what could go wrong? (laughs) Yeah, right. We're both just dumb, dumb people. Um, So much of what I do in my life is just dumb. Um, So he planned lunch. And he made the reservation. He planned the whole thing, set it all up. I was like, oh, that's nice. 
our standards are so low. It's so mm-hmm. sad whenever like I notice if a man proposes we meet and if he plans it. And ooh, then he go- went on open table. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, local man makes effort. How exciting. <laughs> um, God, I got to get over that. Um, lunch was fun. You know, our lunch was really fun. It was easy. It was a nice summer day. We were wearing shorts. You know, we could have a frosty beverage with our lunch. Such a good summer day. We sat outside. Um, it was easy. We had a really good time. It was a little funny. We hugged at the end. I mean, there was sexual tension there. There definitely was. Um, but you know, we were just out to lunch. We hugged at the end. Um, I never know how to act at the end of a day date, you know, like do you kiss? I'm I never unsure. know how to act at the end of any date. So I have no advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> like usually like, I feel like nighttime dates are just a tiny bit easier. Cause you might walk someone to their car or you can stand at the bar, but mm-hmm. like lunch, it's like, I'm going to go get some iced coffee. Bye. See you later. I, I don't know. It's just weird. So anyway, so we had this lunch. It was fun. But then that night things took a turn. This oh. was the hard left turn. I think he'd been drinking. I, at first I was so confused by the things that were about to happen here. And I told Laura about it. And Laura's response was, he sounds like he might have been drunk or at least not sober. So out of nowhere, like we were, we had been having normal conversations out of nowhere. He told me that while he does not have time for dating, he would like to come over to my house for adult activities. Nope. He then described the proposed activities in great <laughs> detail, like to the, like, I don't blush. I was blushing. I was like, oh my God, the things Larry is saying to me. I laughed, but I was also like, does someone else have your phone? Like I, I lit, I, for real, I heard him <laughs> thought he was out with his like guy friends or his man friends. And that one of them had his phone and was like playing a prank or something. I really, it was so different from the texting I gotten before. Then after all of this, and I was like laughing a little bit and I'm really bad about delayed reaction. Like I'll go along with things. And then later I'm like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go along with it, but I just like, I I don't know. I don't know why I do that, but I go along with things. And then later I wish I hadn't. So that was going on. And I was just like trying to figure out who this person was and what was happening on my phone. Then after like a little bit of time, then on top of the hard left turn, he also then was kind of not nice. Yeah. It gave me whiplash. It gave me total whiplash. Um, he started saying some things that were not, um, I wouldn't say they're not nice to me, but they were just kind of rough. Like sometimes when you're like giving someone too much shit, you know, like just a little bit too far. And I was like, who are you? We had not had these kinds of conversations before at all. It was always PG up until mm-hmm. that very moment. This was truly out of nowhere. I had given him no idea that this was okay. We hadn't talked about this at all. I'm in a, the one thing I was clear about, and I was, I set that boundary. I set a boundary right there. And I said, I'm in a place in my life where I'm ready to be dated. At this point, I'd been out there dating after my marriage for over a year And I'm way past the point of like going out and being ridiculous. Like that's just not where I'm at anymore. I think also, I mean, I think this is something to a certain degree we all encounter, but usually the men like dip their toe a little bit in to kind of see how far they can push it or try and like get an angle on like what you might be into so they can like take the ball and run with that rather than just like full court press, like of everything that's in their head coming out over text. Like that's that's weird. And also I think supports that there probably was, um, some liquid courage involved in some of that, (laughs) that happening, because if that's just like not a normal kind of back and forth, cause it's like little baby steps before some of them just take the the plunge into all the things. Yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, usually there's like a little bit of like testing the waters, but we had agreed to be just friends. We had never changed that. It was obviously we thought each other was cute and we were talking all the time, but that doesn't mean go right to, you want to come over to my house. Like I, 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 it was just, it was so out of nowhere. So out of nowhere. So I I did, I shut it down. I set the boundary, which I've actually gotten really good at. This is what I want. This is not fitting in. So no. Was he going to come over to your house? Like at lunchtime? Like, yes. Because you guys didn't have nights or weekends at work. (laughs) Yes. 
No, his proposal was coming over to my house in the middle of the day on a weekday. <laughs> like what? That's so terrible. I mean, I know people do that, but I was just like, what makes, what? But not with someone you just met. Like that's I like, <laughs> I was like, other men are taking me out on dates, actual dates. <laughs> I'm probably more likely for things to happen with them. <laughs> not this like guy who just wants to show up at my house. I mean, it was funny while it was happening. I was laughing. I was just like, what are you doing? Um, but then some of the meaner, I told him some of the meaner things he was saying, like, I don't think he was trying to be mean. It was just like, he was too rough. He's a very direct person as am I. I mean, I say things that are accidentally mean too. So I think that's why it was, it was just a little too rough. He was like giving me a little bit too much shit. Um, I told him that some of the meaner things he said hurt my feelings and he apologized and he stopped. I really do think he'd been drinking. Mm-hmm. So I just let it go. This is the only time anything like that had happened. And we had weeks before this of just normal yeah. conversations. So I was like, maybe he was just drunk, you know, maybe he was having a weird night or something. So I teased him about it the next day and everything seemed fine. We were texting about normal things. Um, I just wanted to put it aside and move on with this really fun friendship that I thought we had. Like, really, like I, I was not trying to make anything happen at all. Obviously we thought each other was cute, but I'm sorry. We're never going on a date because our schedules don't work. It's over. It's not happening. So I was not even like thinking about that. So I thought everything was going to be okay. You're going to be able to move on with this fun friendship. Nope. That night, the next night he kept (laughs) going with it. And he, again, he he was coming after me. And again, he started saying some kind of rough things when I, because I would push back and then he would respond in a way that was not super nice. Again, I was super, what is happening here? Cause it's not like we'd been talking a few days. It had been weeks. Mm-hmm. Like th- we had a, what I thought was a really great um, start to a friendship. Finally, I just stopped talking to him because he had gotten way too weird at that point. And I was like, what is going on here? And now I didn't enjoy being his friend anymore because it felt like it had all been with ulterior motives. It was like long con <laughs> and there was a, a switch that flipped. And once I had been incredibly clear that sex was off the table he was acting a lot differently and he was not being so nice when he knew that I was not going to be available for that um it was really kind of shocking I I remember talking to you about I was like what is happening here (laughs) um and you were like what um, cause before that I had made a lot of comments were like, Oh, Larry's so great. He's trying to get to know me. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to just talk to someone who's not trying to sleep with me. Well, clearly I was wrong about that. So at that point I unmatched him and decided I don't need that in my life. Cause it was weird and I didn't like it and didn't make me feel good. And maybe, and it also, to be honest, it made me not trust him. Like, I feel like when someone comes way out of left field with things, like, Ooh, I can't rely on you. That makes me feel like you're unstable. I can't trust you with my feelings. Um, it just became clear. I assessed that he was not going to be a positive part of my life. So I cut it off entirely. And that was the end of left turn Larry. Oh, Larry started off so good though. I know he really did. makes you wonder if there was did he have ulterior motives and like that's how he goes about it or is he just dealing with some stuff in a not great way you know what I mean like it's hard to know if it was like unintentional like again you said kind of long game to wherever he thought he wanted to end up or did he was he just not in like a good stable place I don't know I can't even begin to think that is one thing that I think I've like grown over time is like I don't need to know. All I know is that you made me, you know, Larry made me not feel great. So, you know what? You can move along. Move along, mister. Um, yeah, so he had to go. Ugh. Yeah, and we touched on this earlier, but the whole idea of, you know, when this topic, you know, in early dating or any points in dating kind of comes up when the the texting or messaging kind of turns to, you know, more about sex or other things, um, you know, how have you experienced that in kind of your dating or matching relationships? Well, it's totally different now than it was at the beginning. At the beginning, because I was thirsty and out of my mind, like I was ridiculous. 
you know, I was ridiculous. Um, but now it's different, you know, and I purposefully seek out men who are more grounded and really it doesn't go that way soon. It takes a while for it to start becoming mm-hmm. something like that. I will say most men are not very smooth about it. <laughs> like they're not, I think most men bring it up way too early. Like there, I, I told you about this. There was someone I matched with a few weeks ago. He didn't make it half a day because we exchanged <laughs> a few messages. And then he said, just so you know, I expect sex within the first uh, date or so. Ugh. And I was like, well, my, what I would have led with is, would you like to go get a drink? And let's <laughs> see where it goes. Like, that's how I would have approached it. And he was like, oh, um, well, let's start over. I was like, no, it's weird now. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I don't know wh- who these men are that think they can control that. Like, like you're a hooker that they can like schedule and, and you better want to sleep. It's like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And you're a jerk. No, most, I mean, like if someone, women are into that, great, but you're not entitled to it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the role of women in your life that you're entitled to their bodies. I'm sorry. No. I think also when you're getting back into dating, it's really easy to fall into that trap. I think we've talked about this before, but where like, again, these men who kind of just nudge a little bit to see how you'll respond. And if you give a little bit, then they think it's an open door to say or ask for whatever they want to. And when you aren't used to dating, it, you kind of just, it's, it's really easy to go down that path and not realize you need to, to rein it in or not realize that, you know, certain things that you say, unfortunately do open the door for that. Like, I always feel like I would have to be so careful of like how you respond to a joke or how, you know, like, what does that emoji mean? Am I, you know, saying something I'm not realizing I'm saying when I'm responding to this, like you have to read into everything and that would almost make me feel <clears throat> As if I was a little guilty for, oh, I, I, I responded in this way. It's kind of my fault that this went that direction, but then it's like, well, then they've shown their true colors and now I know what I need to know. Like, it's just, it's really challenging. Yeah. I think sex is hard because like, I, I like to think of myself as an empowered, like I do what I want. I don't do things I don't want to do. And obviously there are, you know, as a woman, I'm never going to have the most power in most situations. Um, but and all that being said, I think there are a lot of men that don't think about that. I, there are men that I am, that I would call good friends. They don't, they don't get it. I've had to explain it to them a few times where I've said things like, you know, that thing you're saying that you think is just a joke. Women hear it differently than you think they do. Like, and they're just not saying anything about it. Um, and I'm not painting women with a broad brush, but like something that's just a reality and, and a lot of men are not good at being cognizant of this is that most bad things happen to a lot of women and, uh, they're on their guard when it comes to sex. Like it just is, you don't want to, you know, and, and it shouldn't be this way, but it is of, you have to work so hard to do your best to protect yourself. And we're just on guard. Like I know I am, you know, it's why we, it's why we shouldn't let, you know, some man we just met pick us up at our house on the first date. It's things okay, like well, that. I've done that, but I feel fine about it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I agree that like, um, you know, there are certainly men who try and push a little bit more and do not understand why, we are more careful or why we are, you know, like we do our check-ins with friends over yeah. a message to be like, this is where I'm at. Things are going fine. We give bathroom updates, all of that stuff, because we're meeting strangers off the internet. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Yeah. I mean, I actually like when I've gone on dates, if it's a first date and like, for whatever reason, I haven't made it to the back, ba- you know, women do this. I know men do it too, but women do the bathroom update thing, which that's when you go to the bathroom you take your phone, you say, and you text your girlfriends and say, Hey, I think everything's okay. I'm, I'm alive. I haven't been ax murdered. <laughs> um, you know, he seems fine. Like that's a real thing. A lot of women do. Laura and I definitely do that along with our third friend, but like, there've been times I've been on dates and like, for whatever reason, maybe it was going really well or whatever, but I hadn't gone to the bathroom. Like I remember with Sean, the smoke show, cause we were just like talking all night. And at a certain point I was like, I made it up. I was like, I have to go to the ladies room. I didn't have to go to the ladies room, but I knew y'all would be worrying. Yes. Y'all would be worrying. Cause it was our first date. And I remember Laura, you're dating someone now specifically, 
But before when you were going on different dates, the same thing. Like if you didn't, if it was like 11 o'clock and you still hadn't given, given us a bathroom update, our other friend and I would be worried. Like, yeah. and there'd be a little part, like I would never get mad at you, but a little part of us was like, doesn't she know we're worried about her? <laughs> Did she really not have to go to the bathroom all this time? Um, you know, so that's something that, I mean, a lot of women think about, I'm sure men do too, but a lot of women, you know, they're just on guard. Like once you bring up sex, it's fun and all those things. Um, but there's just a little extra that women bring to the situation, I think. Yeah. And I think, again, it's that really careful balance of when that type of texting is considered okay. I think we all kind of have our limits of like what we enjoy in that realm and also kind of when it enters the conversation, I think for me and the, you know, I've, what you realize is that when someone really want is into you and really wants to date you in a real way, that stuff doesn't come until way down the line when you really know each other and you can tell the men who are holding back, holding back is probably not the right way to say it, but when they're really consciously focused on you as a person, knowing that if you connect well, all of that other stuff comes later, because that is the smart way to, to date, right? Yeah. If, if, if both of you are there for dating, if you're there for just sex and hookups and whatever, that's fine. Then obviously that has a different trajectory, but if you're both meeting there to date, then clearly that takes a little bit longer to show itself because you're getting to know that person. Yeah. Um, or at least that's my experience. Um, you know, what do you, how do you feel about spicy texting and dating and all of that good stuff? I think it's so fun. I really do. Like once you've gotten to that point in your relationship, I think, I think it can be a whole lot of fun. You know, it's just a lot of men like come out of the gate with it. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know your last name yet. That's way too early. <laughs> or they start getting into like expectation. Like I have even well, like guy That's a whole other thing. This is what I expect out of a sexual relationship. It's like, get out of here. Like you haven't even taken me, you know, you know what I expect? I expect you to ask me some questions about me. I expect you to like <laughs> make some effort. I expect you to want to make me happy. Let's start there. Well, you know, can you respond the next time you get something with someone's expectations. Please respond with those expectations and see how well it goes over. Oh, I should. I sh- <laughs> I'm sure I'll get yelled at. I I am very outspoken and very direct. And men, God help the men who have been disrespectful to me over the last, especially year or so, because I let them have it. I mean, I'm not mean at all. You know, they probably feel like I'm letting them have it, even though I'm saying in reality, what I'm saying is. What you just said was very rude and I don't appreciate it. And I'm just being direct. They freak out. They freak <laughs> out because they're not used to women saying anything, you know, like we just go along with it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think it's fun. I think spicy texting is a lot of fun when it's someone you're dating, mm-hmm. you know, when it's someone you're dating and you feel confident, you know, and it's fun and they make you happy and all of, that all works. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, it's just those dudes that come right out of the gate and like have those, it's like how they're doing. Are they trying to make me happy? Are they trying to make sure I'm having a good time? Or is this all about what they can get? I remember one person and I dated him for a while. He was very, I'm not going to get too graphic here, but there are certain things that he expected and, and you can probably make some extrapolations as to what that is. I'm not going to say it exactly, but one day I looked at him and I said, I know you expect that you don't reciprocate. (laughs) Like, I know you want that, but I don't see you doing it. (laughs) He got real quiet. He had not even considered that. It wasn't that he disagreed with me. He just looked at me and realized that he had not even thought about that part. And I was just like, get out of here. <laughs> I'm sounding so mean right now. And I don't mean it that way, but it's just like, I think sometimes this is, can be kind of a minefield. Sex is a minefield. Like it, it is like people bring all kinds of heightened emotions to it. I certainly do. Um, and as a woman, I feel like I've been objectified and talked about a certain way so many times. That it's just like, I don't know. With the right person, it's amazing. So much of what we talked about today is really the idea that I feel like women across the board need to be more vocal because we're doing ourselves a disservice by our natural inclination is to, you know, 
ignore it or push it off or just be silent while things are being said to us that we don't enjoy because we're afraid of upsetting them or what is that going to mean or you know all that you know kind of inability to push back like I know I always defer to like being nice like I'm midwest nice and so I'm nice about things and so I have a hard time being more upfront but then what's happening is these men are thinking so much of this behavior is okay because no one has ever told them that it's not yeah yeah, I really think that's why some of these men that flipped out, because like, I'm not kidding. I was not mean. I didn't say anything mean. All I did was set a boundary. And that boundary was, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And they flipped mm-hmm. out, flipped out. You can't tell me who I am. You're just making assumptions like way overkill. And it was obvious nobody had ever told them that what they were saying was uncool. You know, cause I think you're so right. Like we do do ourselves a disservice and I don't want to ignore the fact that like in person, I've definitely done this when some man has said something to me, mm-hmm. I've gone along with it because is he going to flip out and hit me or get scary? Like when, you know, I think about that for sure online, it's a lot easier. Cause what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm unmatched. I did have one man, um, who said something really awful to me after like two messages and I called him on it. And I can't remember what I said exactly, but it was something like, you know, I really don't appreciate you speaking to me that way. Oh, I know what it was. He said, you know, you are so sarcastic and your sarcasm is going to mean you never get a man. And I was like, what? Like I had made some like funny joke. Like, I think he said, wow, are you really green? And which was a mean comment. He meant like, you don't know anything about dating. This was like his second (gasps) sentence to me. Second sentence. Like he had no reason (laughs) to say that. I think because I said I was newly divorced. Maybe that's why he said it. And I made a joke. I mean, I didn't like they said it, but I made a joke. And I said, oh yeah, I do believe in recycling, <laughs> which I thought was a funny joke. And he got mad at me and he said, uh, you know, sarc- your sarcasm is just never going to help you get a man. And of course he was one of those dudes on his profile that says, I rarely swipe right. And I was just like, get out of here. I'm all about get out of here today. Um, yeah. And so I unmatched him. Cause I was like, Ooh, this guy's flipping out. He flipped out. He got so mad and he found me. He found my eat my regular email address and sent me a really nasty email, which I think that's scary. I was like, you're really going to go to the trouble. Like, cause it's not my email address. It was not easy to find. Mm-hmm. And he found it. I don't know. It, it, it was kind of scary. And it's not the only time that's happened. Yeah, I don't that's know. You set always- a boundary. I always worked so hard to make myself very unfindable on dating apps. Like some people put their, their very specific job titles and, you know, like stuff that makes them very findable. And I, that always made me really nervous. Like I would like Google my phone number to make sure if I was giving my phone number out that it didn't tie back to my name and all that, because that's so scary. Like, and going back to that safety piece of wanting to feel like, you don't know these people and you don't know, like, again, I remember when that guy was emailing you and was very angry with an internet stranger. That's scary. Yeah. All because, all, all because I made a joke about recycling. I just, I I have a hard time getting it, but I know we've gotten a little bit down the bunny trail here, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever want to say women have to speak up because like, I get it. There's a safety thing. I've definitely done it when some man has been not so great to me and he's six foot five and cute and like double my size, you know, maybe I don't want to stand there and say, Hey, that was uncool. You know, maybe I don't want to do that. Cause I'm scared of how he's going to react. Cause he's sometimes <laughs> get really angry. They get angry when you don't let them just do what they want. And, um, but virtually it's a little easier. Virtually is definitely different. And it can go either way because it's really easy to just ignore that stuff over message or unmatch really quickly and all of that stuff. And then again, they're, they're never hearing that it's not okay. I mean, they should take a hint that frequent unmatching is probably, probably something that they're doing. Um, and that's why it's happening, but not saying anything. It's really challenging because they just keep on doing it and keep on doing it. Nobody is telling them that it is not okay to say those things or do those things. But again, it's hard. It's hard. Like it's hard to be more upfront. Yeah. What has your experience been? Um, we've talked about this a little bit boundary setting and then and men pushing boundaries. I think you're more aware of in the talking phase specifically 
I think you're really good at being aware of it because there have been times I've met men and I've told you something was going on and you were like, no, he's pushing your boundaries. You told him how he felt and he keeps coming back to it. And I like didn't see it at the time. And I was like, oh, you're right. You're right. I told him that. And he's just coming right back to it. Like I didn't say anything. Yeah. I definitely think in our season one opener of David, the disaster, um, that was a whole lot of boundary pushing. And I think I learned a lot from that experience to realize like my piece in that of, again, I wasn't saying this makes me uncomfortable or like, hi, we haven't met yet. Or clearly this is all about sex or like all of the different things that were not, I can look back and see that we're not okay in that situation. I kind of, again, I let it steamroll because I hadn't been dating for a while and it all felt kind of new again. And I wasn't comfortable kind of sticking up for myself. Um, and since then, I feel like, I feel like in general last this past year, I didn't encounter as much that made me uncomfortable as I did when I first started first, first started dating after my divorce, there was a ton of that happening. And I, again, I didn't know when to stop or how to stop or that I should stop that I was uncomfortable and I should say something. So I I definitely learned from looking back at that, but also I think I just didn't encounter as much of that. So either I was doing a better job than I had before with my messaging or quantity wise, I just didn't interact with as many men either, because I think I've had what, two relationships in the past year and then like dating sprinkled in there. But when I first started dating, it was like a lot of dates and a lot of that where you just, I think, find a lot more of the not so great stuff. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that because that was also my experience, right? When I first started dating, it felt very chaotic. It felt like welcome to the dating circus. And it's not so much like that now. And I actually think for me, I think part of it is I didn't know I didn't know what my boundaries were. I didn't know what I wanted them to be. And so, because I didn't know, I wasn't clear about it. I, I, I didn't even know when I wanted to like say no to, and I'm not even talking about sex necessarily, like all, just all different kinds of things, whether I wanted to say yes or no to men I went on dates with, men I wanted to talk to, men I wanted to get to know. And of course, like sexual boundaries and all of that. Like, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know for myself. Um, and now two years later, I feel like I do have a pretty good grasp on that. And I say, I would say I said no in terms of overall boundaries. Like I went on a million dates and all, all those kinds of things. Did not sleep with a million. I just mean dates, like go on coffee and talk. To, I always have to give that caveat because I don't want to give the wrong impression. But um, you mean you can, there's nothing wrong with that, but just, I didn't. Well, just statement of fact. Um, but now like, I have so slowed down. I think I have only really dated two men since August. So in the last, like, I mean, I've gone on a couple like single days, like out to coffee. Hey, there's no spark by, um, you know, I have just so much more slowed down. I think it's cause I say, no, I say no. Like now I do know what my boundaries are both in who I want to date, the kind of person I want to date, how I want to be treated, how I want to act. I think I'm much clearer. I'm, I am a lot clearer about what my boundaries are in the first place. And then now I have the confidence to support myself in saying yes and no, when something is over a boundary for me. Well, again, I think you hit on it too. Like early on, you don't know what you want. So it's really hard to set any boundaries. Like you're like, maybe I want a relationship. Maybe I want a fling. Maybe I have a, like, you don't know. And so you're like, maybe this, maybe I want to date this type of guy. I don't know. And you're just, I, at least I was very like far more open, which is good to a certain degree of experiences and meeting different people. But then again, you can't put up boundaries when you're open to literally everything of like, well, maybe I don't want something serious because I'm just out of my marriage and blah, blah, blah. But you know, you're a relationship person. So that probably doesn't make sense, but you find yourself then in these situations that aren't very good for you. So it does take that time and experience of really understanding what you want, what you're looking for, who's a good fit for you. And then really being again, I just had truthfulness with yourself of like where your boundaries lie. So you're better at not getting yourself into those situations or spotting those situations quickly and being able to make the decision to get out of it. And I think maybe that's more of what, when I was dating this past year, like I definitely went down 
some paths sometimes with someone. Again, you don't realize when you match with them that it's going to kind of take that turn. But then it was like, well, no, this is not for me next. And I would get out of it. But earlier on, I would have just been like, well, maybe, maybe we'll just go on a date and it'll be fine. It's like, no, he's already shown who he is. I don't want that. Don't go on that date. So it just takes that time and experience, I think. You know, I, I had a really interesting experience with this. Um, with boundaries and like, especially related to me changing and evolving over time and realizing what I want. And then that extra step of being confident to, to support yourself that if you don't want something to be going on to say, no, it's okay to say no, it really is. I think as women, we're conditioned to go along with things, um, even when you don't want to, um, and and it's really okay. It's okay to speak up for yourself. Um, but I, there was someone I dated a little about a year ago and this was back when I really, I didn't have clear boundaries. It was in that phase of, I didn't know what I wanted, who I was, and he didn't either. And we had a really messy, toxic dating situation. We stayed friends, things would happen from time to time. And we actually became really close friends. Um, but things would get a little muddy at times, you know, whether like we would make out, you know, one night or something like that. But recently, over the last couple months, I have gotten so clear on my boundaries and what I want and what's okay for me and what's not and saying no when I want to say no, saying yes when I want to say yes. And I said no to him. I set a very strong boundary that I was firm on. And that just happened like maybe two months ago or so. He got really upset with me. We had a big fight over it and we're no longer friends because I cut it off. I cut, I said, this is my boundary. We are 100% only friends all the time um, because I want to be dated, you know, and I can't have like a friend, a friend plus. I don't want to do that. 100%. I don't want to do that. I was very nice about it. He said some really, I show the screenshots to Laura. He mm-hmm. said some really ugly things to me about it. And I actually was sad. I was like, I know we were friends. I don't think he was faking that, but he had like, this idea of what he, the, he had this idea of what he was entitled to in our relationship. Yeah. And when I cut it off, he was upset about it. You know, it's like setting a boundary. And I think, but I, I don't regret it. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. This is how I feel. And I, I do think relationships and friendships across your life need to be based on respecting each other, respecting boundaries. And I'm not entitled, you set your own boundaries and it's my job to respect it, whether Mm -hmm. like you're my friend or my date or, you know, whatever it is, not even romantic, you know, like Laura, you have boundaries, you know, like what I think is kind of neat. We do hang out a lot, but you'll have boundaries like, oh, well, I need to go to boot camp this day, or I need to do this. You have a boundary and you stick to it. You don't just like throw it out the window because I'm asking you to go do something. You know, and I, I think that's a sig- I think that's a signal of being really healthy, of knowing what you need and what you want, prioritizing yourself. I think it's the best kind of self-care. And if the people in your life, if that makes them mad, then maybe they're not, maybe they shouldn't be in your life, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I just think it's all very interesting. All of this is very interesting. Um, there's also, uh, this is the last thing I was thinking about with the story. There's a saying that comes to my mind every now and then that men are the gatekeepers for relationships and women are the gatekeepers for sex. And I know that is super gendered. It is super stereotyped. Um, so maybe if we pull that more into certain people seem to gatekeep on relationships, other people tend to gatekeep on sex. And it's usually one or the other. Have did Laura, have you encountered that? What do you think about that? I mean, I definitely think that, you know, yes, I've had the experiences which we've talked about where you have to be so careful with sex and what can lead in that direction. Or are you leading that horrible, like leading him on gross, but like, there is that piece of like, if I say this, does it mean that, is it that way? And so again, feeling like I always have to be so careful in those early dating relationships, if I'm still trying to figure that person out. I don't want it to go down that path. Like I just have to be so careful. Um, and then I do think that <laughs> I've experienced men being more of the gatekeepers for relationships. I feel like as a woman or as who I am, I guess it's, I am more 
of a relationship person. So I'm like, well, we've been just been dating each other. What are we? Like, I'm such the, what are we person? And I feel like I always leave it to the man to decide what we are. And I don't know why, but that, and that always seems to be, they're the ones that are the ultimate decision makers. And I don't, I don't know why, but that is like, I, for some reason, I'm never comfortable to be the one to be like, this is what I want from this. Let's do this. Or, you know, how do you feel about it? It's more of like, well, what do you think we are? And you decide. Yeah. I feel like we're probably not going to resolve that today. Cause I don't no. even know what I, I think about that yet. I haven't noticed it. I think whenever it just starts feeling, and, and for me, I just get uncomfortable when it gets to a certain point. And I'm like, why are we pretending that it's not what it is? I'm talking to you all day, every day. I see you two to three times a week when something happens, we're the first person to tell each other about it. We've been dating for several months. We're not like in the shallow end anymore. (laughs) I mean, that's happened to me more than once where they're like, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship. (laughs) It's like, well, we are like, whatever you want to call (laughs) it. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't care about labels. I don't care about the, like, I really don't. I do not get hung up on that stuff, but do not tell me something is less than it is, or I like, I'm not into pretending. I don't want to pretend things are more than they are. I don't want to pretend things are less than they are. And I don't know. I think people get so like, I don't know. This has definitely happened to me a few times where a man, be like, I just want to keep this casual. I'm like, well, okay. But we are clearly very integrated into each other's lives. I care about you. If we don't talk for a few days, we both notice it. So, I mean, whatever you want to do with that information. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think my big takeaway from left turn, Larry, it really did give me what this was one of those things that still kind of is a head scratcher for me. Cause it was so, it was so left turn. He was just the sweetest, nicest person. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you know, I was getting texts that like put hair on my chest pretty much. Um, you know, I, I also like now I feel even stronger about taking it slow. You know, if I want to date in a real way, mm-hmm. much different than when I was first dating. I really am not a lady about town anymore. Um, you know, I feel like in the past, like if you're just out there dating just for sex, which is great and fine, who cares? Who cares how long you wait? As long as you feel like it's safe and everyone's consenting, great. And if it's really what you want to do, don't do anything you don't want to do. Um, but if I want to date it, if I want to be dated, which I do at this point in my life, or even if I want to be just real friends, I need to give it some time. Like I was all like, oh, he's so nice. We're real friends. No, we weren't. He had ulterior motives. I needed to give it more time. We've talked before about sliders where like you cannot be all in on someone when it's been only two weeks. You know, if you have a set of sliders and you put your love slider all the way to the top, and your time slider is still just down there at the bottom, that's out of whack. People show you who they are over time. You have to build trust. You have to build dependence. You have to build consistency, all those things. Um, And I don't mean to be on my guard to where I'm closed off, but I need to not go too fast to where, you know, sometimes I tend to be too trusting. Like, oh, they have my best interests at heart. Maybe they don't, you know, and they're just good at faking it. I've definitely learned that. Yes. The take it slow approach is actually really nice, which is kind of, kind of goes against how I normally operate or who I am. Cause I'm a kind of an impatient person, whatever. So it's hard for me, but I have learned that like that, take it slow approach, really get to know someone, treat them like a stranger and have them treat you like a stranger until enough time has passed where you really do actually know one another and it can grow in a real way. And again, where those sliders all go up at the same time. It's really delightful and great and so nice and worth waiting for. And it is far more real than something where you feel like you have this straight out of the gate chemistry that sparks so quickly when you don't know that person at all. And you use that as your guideline for everything. And it's usually not real. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're making me think. So I grew up evangelical and of course they have this whole abstinence thing, which is so uh, <laughs> unrealistic, but you're making me think of that a tagline. It's a true love waits. we should make a a sticker of it for thirsty true love waits okay so this story originally premiered back in march 2022 and now we are looking back on this experience as a part of second chance summer this one's such an interesting one because i do think like well, A, I would see him on the apps all the time after you had this encounter and he's very attractive and i would always be like oh but 
like my brain would get confused because I'm like, I know I shouldn't swipe on him because you went out on a date with him and I knew the backstory, but then I'd be like, oh, but he, yeah, it was a confusing situation for me that I would never swipe on him, obviously, because I knew too much, but he was attractive. (laughs) I would see him constantly on apps and I was just like, oh, oh, I know who, sometimes I'd forget. I'm like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. He's Um, really cute. He's very attractive. Yeah. Um, You know, and looking back, um, because Larry, again, Larry come like he's good it was such a good start he seemed like a nice person there was a lot of good things there but do you think he had ulterior motives the whole time I think he did I think as time has gone on I've gotten maybe a little more street smart about dating I really think in the and I'm not gonna say this about everyone I think Larry because of how he acted later on I think he did have ulterior motives the whole time and I think it started out as maybe I'll want to date this person And then when we realized that was just not going to happen, our schedules were opposite or whatever. It's not a love match, whatever, whatever brought him to this decision. Then he flipped to, I want to put her in hookup, hookup territory. Mm -hmm. And so I think somehow it just took him a minute to figure out how he wanted to categorize me, which changed the way he treated me. And I think he decided that he apparently wanted to put midday hookup as the correct category for me. I, I, so I really do think he had ulterior motives the whole time. Ugh, gross. Like, I don't understand how you just like flip it like that. That's so, ugh. All right. Well, to think, I wasn't going to, well, to think I wasn't going to notice the flip, like you haven't been talking this way. Now you are like, this is weird. We know how we talk about people who push boundaries and they just like nudge and they kind of just see what you're willing to accept or not accept. But that guy didn't seem to get the memo and he just like completely left instead of just doing these little, little touches, little pushes. He just jumped all the way to the end just to see like he was too impatient to even like, which is better for you because it would have, you know, been a different story. I think it would have been more complicated if he had just, you know, bided his time a little bit, but like, wow, that's a bold move. I mean, to be honest, he probably would have been more successful in his aims if he would have taken the slower approach Absolutely. instead of this like hard left turn where I think he got drunk one night and that's where that first initial out of left field text came through. And I was like, did someone steal your phone? This is so weird. You haven't been talking this way to me at all until now. Yikes. And you had really thought that he wanted to be your friend like that. You know, initially you thought that there was this like positive intentions happening. Um, so how does that impact your trust levels at that point? Well, I, now I feel very clear. He did not want to be my friend. That was never the intention. And that's my takeaway at this point. I will say, while I do trust my gut, I do think I have good instincts. Regardless, there have been a few men who have fooled me. They have really fooled me about their intentions. And I had no clue. And this was one of them. And I have to admit, it doesn't really feel very good when that happens. Because you're like, wow, am I an idiot? And, you know, how could I think he wanted to be my friend? How could I think he was actually serious about this? So that didn't feel good. I actually thought about this quite a bit after it happened. And I've had other situations with men that did things that really abused my trust. I have landed in a place where I feel like we have to make the decision to trust people. My friend Kara brought this up and I agree with her. She said, you know, at times you just have to make that decision to trust Mm -hmm. someone in the absence of, you know, clear evidence to the contrary. What are you going to do? Go through your whole life distrusting everyone. That's a great way to be alone and not have many friends and never go on dates or relationships. So I think she's right about that. So you do have to make the decision to trust people being smart along the way and paying attention to the clues and the cues they're giving you, or else you're just going to live your whole life pushing most people away because you assume the worst of everyone. Now, one thing that I do think is that when you're in dark days dating, you are more susceptible to using other people and getting used. And I don't think I knew enough to recognize it at the Mm -hmm. time. Whereas now it's pretty easy for me to tell if someone's really here and when, when they're not, or when things have shifted and I don't get as upset about it. I think when you need it more, that's when you're more susceptible to bad things like this happening. Yeah. And you're definitely more open to somebody who's more opportunistic, who knows where you're at. And they often, I think, just know that you don't know any better and that you'll be more willing to like, I, I am sure whatever he, his approaches has worked on other people. And that's why he continues to act that way. And it's probably a numbers game of where it finally sticks. Yeah, I agree. Now you 
said that there was one thing in particular that he said to you that kind of stood out. What was that? Yeah, we had some unusual discussions. So he had told me, and I don't know if this is true. Like now I'm very skeptical of anything anyone says to me. <laughs> what he has said to me is that he had not been dating and that he was just getting through his divorce. He waited till it was finalized, focused on his kids. And now he was getting back out there and we were talking about dating. And I think I said something like, yeah, dating is, is kind of hard. And he said, really? He said, that hasn't been my experience. You know, I haven't really been dating, but before I got married, he used this term like, oh, famous mm. last words before I got married. He said, I would just like choose someone that I knew I wanted to be with. And I had the confidence to go after them and they would just be with me. And I was like, you are literally the only person I've met to talk like that. And I don't, I don't know if that's the experience you're going to have now. I remember I kind of like, I, I didn't laugh to his face. It was just like on the inside. I was like, Oh, things have changed. Mr. You know, later kind of finally, after he said that to me a few weeks later, he told me when we had decided, like, I'm not sleeping with you. You're not coming over here. We're not dating. None of that's happening. We're you're going to be friends and you need to behave or go away. After we had that conversation later, he told me that he did actually get dumped by someone. He went on one date with her and she was like, I don't think we're a match. And he was just flabbergasted. He was like, I've never had this happen before, you know? And I kind of wondered if that experience was his first inkling that maybe dating grownups, fully baked grownups is different now. And I remember thinking, I don't that maybe you have some ego going on and I don't know if you realize that things are it's different when you're dating someone who's over 40 versus a 24 year old that knows nothing about life yeah the ego definitely sounds like it feeds into his approach um which isn't the best approach <laughs> it sounds awful yeah yeah I mean he's still on app so I don't know how it's going for him I guess we'll see I mean, we say that, but obviously people have seen us often on the apps over the years. So while we can't be That's too different. judgy, we do know that certain people don't ever leave. Yeah. They never That's make it different. off. That's different, Laura. We're different. We're special. <laughs> yeah, he definitely might be more in the, the lifer territory on the apps, but only time will tell and we'll never know the answer. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but he definitely, like, I think we do see this with people where they are kind of very quickly can flip that switch from what you thought to being this completely different people, which I think also speaks to that consistency over time. And it takes a while to get to know someone and, you know, you, you don't know who someone is after some texting and a couple of dates. Um, and he was, you know, textbook, um, a switch flipper and not great with boundaries as established. Um, and what do you think all of that was about with him? And based on you, what you know about him, which was minimal because he, this was a short thing. Well, I think it was on purpose. You know, I, I've wised up a bit over the years and I used to give people a, pass, a free pass, you know, and be like, oh, well, they didn't mean it that way. Well, they're acting this way because no, they know what they're doing. You know, and I think sometimes we go too easy on some of these other grownups that they don't know what they're doing. I think he did know what he was doing. I tend to try to think the best of people. And I like that about myself, but I think I'm just, I'm, I've wised up a bit about it. You know, he played dumb when I called him out on it and he was like, oh, I, I didn't realize that wasn't okay. And no, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And he was actually a big influence on me not handing out free passes anymore. I was like, you know what you're doing. You know how to act right. And this isn't what I want. I've told you this isn't what I want. And you keep pushing. You know what you're doing. And I do think, you know, you're starting to heal when you say no to situations you don't want or you don't like. And you have zero regret or angst about it. You know, I, I think we have the data now, Laura, you and I, we're not just saying this. We actually do say no to things that don't work for us now. And I have, I have no problem about it. Like in the past, I think we would have cried and been so upset about it. And it's just not like that anymore. I have no problem saying no to something I don't want. Why would yeah. I be upset about that? And I think dark days is a time where you slowly learn to start standing up for yourself and to stop letting men or other people use you more and more you just get stronger and stronger and stronger and slowly over time you learn how to prioritize yourself you prioritize how to make space only for the situations you really want you actually gave me a good lesson one time you were talking about something you saw on tiktok and i think we've talked about it on the show before about 
you know, women make this big deal about, oh, on this date, he made a plan Mm -hmm. and he brought me flowers and he, he asked me questions about myself. And this woman on TikTok says, all my dates do that because, because to me, that's the floor. That is the lowest common denominator. And I think she's so right about that. You know what you want. If they're not doing that, say no, and don't have any regret over it. Like, what do you, if they're not giving you what you want, why are you entertaining it? And I think she's so right about that. And when you're strong and healthy, that is how you live your life. For example, no, I did not want left turn Larry showing up at my house in the middle of the day. So I said <laughs> no, and I meant it, you know, whereas like, I think, I mean, now, especially I wouldn't even get into that situation at all whatsoever, but earlier on in my dark days, I might be like, oh, he wants to see me. Like, that's how dumb I would be about it. I don't think I actually did that, but I, I could have, if I would have met left turn Larry a year before I did, things could have ended much differently. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think what's interesting with someone like him, they're either going to be more and more likely to hone in on somebody who's kind of in that dark days phase because they will be, you know, pretty quickly understand that's like the path of least resistance of somebody who isn't super savvy about dating. Maybe their self-esteem isn't so great. They really want the attention and the banter and the texting that turns to sexting and all of that. And it is just an easier pathway or someone like him will end up dating younger and younger because that is also often, you know, someone who may not have as much relationship advice, who may look at somebody who's a little bit older and established that that's very attractive to them and make it easier for that. I think there's also that control element in place with this situation with him. And so an easy way for someone to control somebody in a relationship is often kind of that, that significant age gap. Yeah, no, I think that's very true too. And something I try to be aware of is that FYI, sometimes people take advantage of other people's age and experience or mental state. And I think that's good advice for anyone who is dark days dating right now. Think about that. You know, I I know when I started to be more aware of that, it, it helped me make better choices. Is this person really wanting to get to know me or are they just taking advantage of the fact that I'm a total mess (laughs) right now? Well, I think we hear those stories from women who their first relationship out is their most tumultuous. It is toxic and it's big fighting and it's a lot of crying and it's a lot because it's just that initial relationship and they happen to be with the wrong person who can kind of manipulate some of those things that are happening and they end up with these like toxic train wrecks that really ruin them on relationships often and it's like it is just such a really tenuous time to be out there dating yeah I agree so with plenty of hindsight because this again was forever ago so long ago (laughs) I can't even like mentally place how long I mean it was ancient history. Yeah. Um, what would you, or how would you have handled this situation differently now? Like looking back on you're a different person now, for sure. I would not have entertained this at all. As soon as I found out our schedules didn't work Mm. out when also remember I matched with him, we set a date for a date and then he ghosted me. Yeah. That would have been it. There would have been no rematching. So actually it wouldn't have gone anywhere at all whatsoever. There's that, but I, I just would not have entertained the situation as soon as I found our parenting schedules were off. Like it wouldn't, all of that stuff that happened after wouldn't have happened at all. Cause I would have killed it right there. I don't want to date someone with an opposite parenting schedule. That's insane. Yeah, but Clearly a waste of everyone's time. No, you're just going to take up space that I could give to someone who actually fits into my life. And when you're dating after divorce, you do have to think about people who actually fit in your life. And if you have opposite parenting schedules, not an option. Sayonara. Also, he still had a pic of his wife in his Facebook picture. Cook County confirmed their divorce. So they are actually divorced, but that's a clue. And I recently just did a check just to see if he's changed it. Guess what? Today, summer 2023, he still has a profile picture of him and his wife together on his Facebook page. If I was his ex, I would be like, can you take that down? That's weird. And it's hurting my dating life. It's super weird. Yeah. And like, usually that's the initial like check that you do. And if I see that, I often won't even look any further. I'm like, well, clearly there's more here that I don't know. And I don't need to know. And goodbye. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Well, it's like, something's weird here. And I don't want to date someone who has their ex-wife in their profile picture and they are divorced. Like, that's just weird. No. Yeah. Ugh. 
So yeah, giant waste of my time. That's okay. I learned something there. I learned how to say no. I learned how to say no. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Sometimes again, that bait and switch can be so hard and give you whiplash. Yeah. I have to say second chance summer is giving me somewhat of a self-esteem boost. Cause I'm like, wow, that's so embarrassing that we got ourselves into these situations, but you can, I think now the, the growth is palpable. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, really, I've shared this with the entire world. Mm. Mm. Like people know some things about me. I was like, Oh, do we have to talk about that? Was that necessary? I don't know if I was. <laughs> What do you think about when we recorded those initially? It was also pretty fresh. And that's kind of where we were in our dating journey. Like we had a little bit of distance from some of these. So we were able to kind of think through and really grow from it. But we were still close enough where it was really informing what was happening with us at that stage of our dating by talking through what we'd done six months ago. Like it was just such a different place. And now we're like, who is that person? Like, oh, I'd even want to be friends with me from that time. That was, I was a lot. That's why we had to channel all of our stories into a podcast. Cause I don't know that anybody could keep up with listening to them in real life. <laughs> like I think our friends who are like married are like, wait, what's that? What? No, like like get out of here go away and then come back when you're halfway normal it took a while (laughs) still thirsty you can get bonus content by subscribing to the thirst trap on spotify or apple or shop thirsty gear at thirstythepodcast.com and don't forget to share this show with your community rate review and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms